eat it. Yeah, I would not miss a party. <laughs> I brought eggs. Oh, great. Thank you. Now, did you come alone or what? Yeah, I, th I thought it was just going to be VIPs, but it... It's not VIPs. <laughs> you could have brought somebody if you wanted to. I was just wondering, who are some of these mother at this party? I don't recognize a lot of them. Well, Stevie, these mother are the church group. Hmm. Yeah. The church group. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennock. We've got a lot to get to on this show. The Giants traded for two offensive linemen, Ben Bredesen and Billy Price, and they even signed uh, Matt Skura as the practice squad, who I think is actually pretty interesting. Um, they, we had to say goodbye to BJ Hill. We got some 53-man roster stuff, and we even added Quincy Roche, which made me very happy. Justin, this is the last episode, technically, of camp. Like This is the camp conclusion episode. Hey, Bobby Skinner, there's too much to do. We have, we have too much to go over today. There's too much to recap. Um, news was really flying in hot and fast these last couple days, and I'm kind of glad that in years past, if the Giants were to make this move, these moves, particularly at the offensive line spot, I'm looking at it and I'm being like, ah, the Giants are just kind of growing crap, at, throwing crap at a wall, and I'm hoping that we're hoping that some of these things stick. But some of these moves that they made, you know, they're I don't think any of these guys, maybe besides Bredesen, could be a starter or, or contribute a ton, but these certainly aren't, you know, no slump. Uh, uh, what's the word? Slouches. Slouches. Thank you. Great start. How are you doing? I'm doing good. And, you know, they. you said they're not slouches. Guys, so, some guys that are slouches. We got Charles Hurd. You heard? Mm. You heard Charles Hurd. He's a slouch. Alan Messer. I mean, his last name is Messer. He's, he's a messy dude. He messy needs dude. to get his life together. And Peter Sell. Peter Sell's... Um, his, his, his body, Peter, <laughs> Peter, Peter's a good dude. Me and Peter actually DM a ton. Justin, who are these messy, um, slouches? I almost forgot the word too. These mess. It's tough. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, uh, boiling off. I, I'm terrible with words tonight. This is going to be a common theme. Uh, these messy people went to patreon.com slash talking giants, $2 a month. You get to hang out with us as we record the shows live and get to watch us be overwhelmed with words as it happens. Patreon.com slash Talking Giants. You want to be there next Sunday when the Giants win and they go 1-0 at like, I don't know, 9, 10 o'clock we're going to record. You want to be there when we're 1-0 and you want to react and you want to celebrate with us. So it's thank gonna, you to our patrons. It's going to be beautiful. <clears throat> All right, let's get into it. Yeah. The Giants traded. We're going to start with Ben Bredesen because I think he is the, Biggest the more move. important player. The Giants traded their fourth-round pick this year for Ben Bredesen, guard from the Ravens. They get back a fifth-round pick from the Chiefs from the Orlando Brown trade, and then a 2023 seventh-round pick. So so now they are back to seven picks in 2023 because, you remember, they lost their six for Keon Crossan. So they're back. Justin, as a player, I did a film breakdown on Ben Bredesen from his time at Michigan. Uh, he played last year a little bit. He was mostly used in jumbo sets, so even if you look at his film from last year, it's, it's kind of irrelevant. But the Ravens, they added Kevin Zeitler, our friend, and he talked about you know Kevin Zeitler giving us some tips on the New York Giants uh, way. And they drafted a guy like Ben Cleveland, and they had their other guy, Bozeman. Um, so they are a team where you can trade for one of their guards, and like, okay, maybe this guy is good. And he did have a good preseason. I watched a little bit, and it seemed like he fixed some of his mistakes. But that is preseason, so I'm going to just talk about him as he was as a fourth-round pick in 2020 out of Michigan. Um, good leverage at all times. For somebody that is six foot five, 315 pounds, he plays with good like knee bend, and it's natural. You know, you see some guys, it's like, okay, they're definitely conscious of like getting low on this play. For him, it's just he's got that natural knee bend, which is good. And that's you know that's hard to teach. Hand placement could be a little sloppy. Like he, you know, if there's, if you watch the film breakdown, it was a big time theme is like his hands would get high and he'd let yep. guys get into his chest and he doesn't have the longest arms too. So that, that hurt him. But in preseason, it, that is something that looked better. Um, very, he was a four year starter at Michigan, very smart picking up blitzes and stunts, which is kind of like the opposite of Billy Price when we talk about him. Like very good at picking all that stuff up. He's going to be good in a gap scheme in the run game. And if he gets his hand placement on, he could be an awesome run blocker. And and he's 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 a very chippy player. Like I know you talk about like Matt Perry get a little mean. You don't gotta tell Ben Bredesen that. Like he finishes yep. plays. He is he has a lot of like nasty Nick Gates in him. As far as comparative wise, to a healthy Shane Lemieux, I probably would say Shane Lemieux is the better run blocker. 
you know, I, you know, I thought Shane was a good run blocker as a rookie. Pass blocking, I definitely give the advantage to Ben Bredesen. And Justin, with this news from Dan Duggan that Shane Lemieux has a partially torn uh, patellar tendon, even if that, even if Shane Lemieux is fully healthy, I might be calling for Ben Bredesen to start. But I think Ben Bredesen should be the starting left guard. Yeah, um, I like how he moves, particularly in the in the past game. You know, picking up those stunts, it, it doesn't really look like his feet are stuck in cement which can be a problem for a lot of young players of, you know, their their body and their eyes are moving faster than their feet. Doesn't seem to be the problem with Bredesen. You know, uh, I think he was even a former tackle at some point too. Um, I was reading that by our, our guy, Dan Benton. Don't know when that actually happened, but positional versatility is not going to be a tackle in the NFL. But yeah, um, this is the move that is the most important that the Giants did make. And I'm still predicting that the Giants are going to start Shane Lemieux until he actually can't start anymore and I think because the Giants have kind of made their bed and they're kind of lying in it with Shane Lemieux but they don't have to at this point because they have a guy like Bredesen who unlike Kenny Wiggins unlike Ted Larson where we're panicking if they're starting we're not panicking if Bredesen is kind of starting from day one obviously he's got to cram the scheme and he's going to cram everything that the Giants offense is going to is going to do but hey join the party the Giants already already are going to have four other players that are going to be playing for the first time this summer in Saquon Kenny Galladay Kadarius Tony and Kyle Rudolph so join the party let's make it half the offense is playing for the first time next Sunday <laughs> yeah I mean he's at practice Billy Price isn't um he's not going to be out, out there till next week the Giants are done they you know they got the weekend off yeah um and like we're taking Price the weekend is going off through too, the, by the way. Price is going through the COVID protocol, and that's yeah. So I mean, obviously, you can not vaxxed. Yeah, yeah, you can assume that he he hasn't been vaccinated with with that information. I mean, Bredesen was traded a day after him. If if Shane Lemieux was fully healthy, and I I because I also like I I don't have like faith in Shane Lemieux, but I also think Shane Lemieux could get better and be like a good starting guard in the NFL. I don't think he's ever going to be like a great pass blocker. Like I thought he could be adequate and a good run blocker. So it, I, I kind of feel bad for Shane because I was excited to see what Shane was. You know, like I, my worry this offseason was much more in Matt Parrott than it was Shane Lemieux. Part of that is because of the positions they play. But like I was excited to see what Shane Lemieux is. But if he's going to be battling this injury, it's just going to be hard for him to get better. You know, and and playing through that. Um, I, you know, I don't know the the you know the details of how hard it is to play through those types of injuries, but. That sucks for him, but like I am pretty like firm right now in Ben Bredesen should start. If Shane is battling this injury, he's basically missed the entire camp. Like he's yeah. missed all of camp. But he was it was like the third or fourth day that Shane Lemieux was hurt. Like Ben Bredesen, and I know he's been practicing sprinkling in here and there, but it's like he hasn't played at all in the preseason, you know, and and live reps. So if Bredesen goes out there and has a good practice, he's you know you don't just hand it to him. Obviously, like I'm not saying he walk in and start it, but if Bredesen goes in there and has good practices and looks better than Shane Lemieux, then there's no reason to not pull the plug on Shane Lemieux. There's just no, there's no reason. Like Shane yeah. Lemieux, ha- he's not doesn't have that draft slot where you have that ton invested in him. In fact, you've invested more in, in Bredesen technically because um um you gave up a, a fourth round pick. I know yeah. they got back a fifth, but um. Uh, they didn't do this for nothing. I don't think this was just for depth. I really do think that Bredesen should start for the Giants. And he's on the team until 2023, correct? I mean, that you know that the contract rolls over from being a draft. Yeah, him and him Ravens. and Lemieux, him and Lemieux are on like the same contract. Yeah, yeah, because they were both rookies last year. So obviously, you know, oh, this, you know, this may mean something for Hernandez, but you know, we're talking about the offensive line right now. So I would agree because I just view pass blocking as more of a need for this team, and I think pass blocking in the NFL, when throwing the ball is more important than running, I would say pass blocking is therefore more important. And especially well, it's when it's not you have, like Bredesen's a bad run blocker either. No, you no, know, it's just I think Shane Lemieux is better. Yeah, which says more about, uh, certainly more about Lemieux. And the thing with Lemieux is that he's he's been coming back and then he's been out he's been coming back to practice and then he's been out and you know uh, you have to commend the dude's toughness um you know patel attendance certainly doesn't sound like fun to play through but i do agree that bredesen once he gets acclimated to the system and that's that may what it comes that may be what it comes down to bobby is how much can he get acclimated to the system get comfortable with the system and you know they're not going to be practicing in pads that much more for the remainder of camp like today is pretty much you know monday is pretty much the monday there you go. Good job, Justin. Friday is pretty much the the closing of camp. Thursday was pretty much closing of camp, and uh, 
you know, we're we're kind of coming to game time, and this week is gonna the next week is gonna be pretty slow. Yeah, I mean, you know, they Monday was you know they they um last day with ninety guys. Tuesday, it's you know their practices. They're going through like it's the it was this week is the conclusion of camp. So next week is game prep. So like I said, I don't think they're gonna. I if I were to bet, I think Shane Lemieux does start week one um, because there's not gonna be a ton of competition in next week's practice. You know, it's like yeah, you're not doing starters versus start like next week. You don't see the starters versus starters in eleven on eleven a- again for the rest of the season. You'll see them on seven on seven drills and then O line D line and one on one drills, but. You won't see the Giants starting offense and starting defense playing against each other for the for, until next training camp. Yep. You know, it's so like it's it, now it's versus the scout team going forward. That's who you're practicing against because they are game planning for the next opponent. So, moral of the story: If Lemieux is healthy, it will somewhat healthy and clear to play Week One. Lemieux starts, and if he's not, then obviously Bredesen's in. That's the moral of the story. Yeah, yeah. At least our opinion. Um, so I, I really like this trade. The next trade I liked. I'm not going to say I really liked it, but it's it's this next trade is a smart trade when you include all factors. It's I think it, it has less to do with just Billy Price. The Giants traded for Bengal center Billy Price. What they traded away was B.J. Hill and uh, a conditional seventh round pick. Which the conditions on the seventh round pick haven't came out. I would love to know them. Anyways, um, I'm sure one of our listeners does know him, so tweet at us in the morning what the conditions of the seventh-round pick are. So I will talk about Billy Price as a player, and then we'll talk about the departure of B.J. Hill and and why this trade makes sense. Um, Billy Price, 2018 first-rounder out of Ohio State, and he's had a a bad career. Like, I think, I don't think Billy Price is a good player right now. Um, In fact, I think he's probably going to be a little closer to Skura than maybe, um, than a Bredesen. He's he's but he's had a tough career and a bad career. Like he's tore his peck at the combine his his rookie season. So he comes back has a foot injury. Next year has plantar uh, fasciitis, then has a back injury. So he played ten games his rookie year, eight games his second year, both the injuries. And then last season he only played one game. He was healthy the whole year, but he was a backup. And before even if I never watched the guy, if a guy in his third year is a first round pick and is a backup on a bad Bengals team, that's a bad sign. Yeah. That's a bad sign, you know. And he played one game. He played one game as a starter, and they played like twenty four reps uh, in, in reserve in the last game of the season. But he didn't look good in that game. But here is what he did look good at: he is strong as hell. That's why he was drafting the first round. He's not like a, uh, he's not like super fast or athletic, but for a center, he's he's got good athleticism. But he is strong as hell. He moves dudes off the ball and pancakes them. Like it's it's fun. Like it it was good. But at the same time, with that. He would sometimes let guys slide off him. Can you hear that motorcycle? Yeah. Um, what's up, Mr. Motorcycle? Motoring. I saw a really bad motorcycle wreck the other day. Ooh. I was coming home from the beach. and Tough. It was it was like six lanes, and there's a middle lane, and these people are trying to let these people come across the street. But it's like, you got to stop all the traffic. You shouldn't be doing that. So these people are blindly turning, and I see them like, oh, my God. And I see the motorcycle. I was like, right. and, and for like a good two seconds, I'm like, they're going to wreck. They're going to wreck. Bam! Lady wrecked. I got her a wet towel because I'm a good guy because she was burning. You are a good um, guy. And, but I, I felt so bad because like, I just saw that wreck happening. But anyways, hopefully you don't wreck Mr. Motorcycle. Um, but speaking of motorcycles, this guy uh, moves He got, He got. moves guys off the ball. There you go. <laughs> um, really got just thrown off my game there. Um, so in the run game. In the pass game, he gets beat a lot. And he misses assignments. You know, and and he started one game last year in reserve versus the Titans, and I will say that that one game was worse than any Nick Ga- Nick Gates game from 2020. If it was, um, you know, which I think his worst game was Week One versus Pittsburgh. So maybe you could give him the excuse of like, well, it was the only game he got to play, couldn't really get warmed up. You know, maybe it wasn't expecting the play that week, but but he did, and he just didn't look good as a pass blocker. He has short arms. He was getting beat. wasn't playing the man the full man correctly. And just missing assignments. I talked with a Bengals guy though, and he partly said like, "Well, the right guard was playing the first time that week too, and supposedly Billy Price was like having to tell him what to do on every play, and maybe that had something to do with blitz pickup." But nonetheless, he wasn't a good pass blocker, so he missed blitzes. But again, he's a he is a strong ass dude. You're not going to bull rush him. So if you were asking me who's a better run blocker day one, I would say Billy Price. But the pass blocking, there's too big of a gap. Um, Justin, and this is, I, and you're comparing that to Nick Gates, right? No, to Bredesen. Oh, to Bredesen. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Okay. And 
So he, I mean, he got benched on a bad team. Brandon Thorne, who's like, you know, one of my favorite O-line guys, he kind of said something like, man, people that judge this guy just on PFF, which I get, I hate PFF grades. And then, so a lot of people, like, it started getting quote tweet crazy. People being like this, you know, Brandon Thorne says he's really good. And, you know, he played really good in the second half of last season in the preseason. Granted, I will say he did look good in the preseason. But for him, it's year it's year four, you know. Like Ben Bredesen looking good in the preseason. He's like, okay, he didn't really play his rookie year. Second year, he got better. Billy Price, it's year four. I can't be going off if he looked really good in the preseason. You know, and then he ended, Brandon Thorne kind of walked back to his statement a little bit. And was like, well, this, you know, Giants fans are looking for any sort of positive, shred of positivity. So (laughs) this kind of went crazy. And he was like, well, he played really good in the second half of last season. He played 24 reps in the second half of the season for the Bengals. So, and he started one game and it was, it was the eighth game, but he he wasn't good in that. So I don't understand where Brandon was coming from with that. Um, I have, I have a question though. So go for it. Yeah. I've been going for like crazy. That's okay. I mean, you're, you're the online guy. So my question is. Billy Price versus Jonathan Harrison. You know, Jonathan Harrison was cut, and he's uh, he's not here anymore. So, which guy is kind of better, and who is a better fit in terms of being a backup center slash possibly a swing guard for this year? Billy Price or Jonathan Harrison? Billy Price. We've only seen Harrison versus backups in the preseason, and, you know, nothing crazy thrown at him blitz-wise. And then, you know, I did – like, when Harrison, when Harrison, I will, like, to – because I was mad that Harrison was cut and Larson was kept, and that ended up being wrong. But like Billy Billy Price better, and it just makes more sense. You're taking a chance on a younger talent. Like I do think Billy Price is better. If Billy Price can get better at picking up um, blitzes and stuff, like some mental stuff, I would it would be a definitely for Billy Price. So they, I, I this is probably just coach talk, and they love to do the cross training thing, but. There was talk today about Nick Gates taking reps at guard. Well, let's so talk then, about Matt Skura before we go into that, because I do want to talk about the Nick Gates at guard stuff. Do it. Um, talk about Skura. Well, I want to talk about, let's talk about the BJ Hill side of this. Ah, okay. BJ Hill's in the last year of his contract. He played 35% of the reps last year. It wasn't going to, like his reps went down every year, not because he got it, became a worse player, but he's just buried on this team. He's just buried on this team. And with Raymond Johnson looking good, it makes sense. It makes sense to go and add uh, add a, a flyer on a position of weakness and using a guy on his last year of contract at a position of strength, defensive tackle. You know, like there's four guys that were going to play more than him in Austin, Johnson, Danny Shelton, and then Dex and Leo. So it, it makes sense. You know, it makes sense to take the stance. And Raymond Johnson isn't better than B.J. Hill right now, but he does look good and he can, you know, maybe fill that role on some pass rushing downs um, than B.J. Hill. What I will say is that this line that, oh, BJ Hill was going to get cut is garbage. And if he was going to get cut, it was simply due to salary cap issues. There there was no, oh, Raymond Johnson outplayed BJ Hill. Please no. miss me with that. And honestly, no. the beat has had a bad two weeks. So I, I am never trusting them with this person would get cut. I'm just sorry. I'm never trusting the beat with, oh, this guy was going to get cut or this guy would get cut anymore. I'm not listening to them anymore. Give me cold, hard facts. This guy was cut, but I'm not. I'm not listening to their speculative stuff anymore, because they were wrong a lot these past couple of weeks, and that's not one guy. There's multiple guys, so I don't buy this idea like, oh, BJ Hill was going to get cut. They he was going to get cut anyways. Um, I think that they saw BJ Hill's a decent player. Let's see if we can shop BJ Hill. We're at a at a position of strength, you know. Yeah. You know, like I I really think it comes as simple as that. If there was no biters on the BJ Hill market. I don't think they trade B.J. Hill or cut B.J. Hill. Sorry. Yeah, no. Uh, B.J. Hill is not a player you cut. You know, what What was he, a third-round pick, Bobby? Yes, and he's played well for what his role yeah, is. It's, it's you not know? like he's a third-round pick who has, who has absolutely failed the Giants. When he has gotten in, you know, you can look at, like, you know, his sacks per snap rate. But if you, I'm sorry. Like, if you don't get the opportunities to get out, out on the field and really get your sea legs under you as a pass rusher, you're not going to be all that effective i'm sorry you know whereas... if there's any position where it's an excuse to not play is defensive tackle they have leonard yeah. williams a 20 million dollar player now dexter, dexter Lawrence, Lawrence, a yeah, first so. round pick dalvin thomason up 20 plus million dollars like if there was one position where it's like you know what even though he didn't play a ton 
He's still a decent player. It's defensive tackle. And even with that, he played 35% of the reps with three top guys of that position in yeah. the NFL above him. And they use him a lot on third down. A lot of, I think there was more Leonard Williams sacks with B.J. Hill in the field than there was Dex and uh, Dalvin. Hmm. Funny. Um, yeah, and we were ready to sharpen the pitchforks when it comes to the beat about Josh Jackson. And I- I'm still paranoid about that, by the way. I know we're, we're, we're going to get to it, but I'm still paranoid that something's going to happen to Josh Jackson and we're going to be a little bit more panicked about our cornerback depth than, than we are right now, now that Josh Jackson did make the 53. So, yeah, um, I also think the Giants also respect that, hey, B.J. Hill, he kind of deserves an opportunity to play. And, yeah, know, I'm excited traded, for B.J. They traded him to Cincinnati, which they certainly they need talent kind of all over the board except quarterback and wide receiver. So good for him. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see you know like I'm happy for BJ that he goes to get a chance on a contract here to go play for the Bengals. Because, you know, it's it's nothing's unfair, but it's like it's in a sense it was like it's like he was just never gonna get his shot here. Yeah. And Billy Price too, former first round pick, if that contract is carrying over, he should have a fifth year option, which I don't know well, if Well no, it was already up. declined. The Bengals ah. declined it, so ah. he's he's on an expiring deal. Shucks. Which, by the way, we have the 2017 and the 2018 Bengals first-round picks in John Ross and Billy Price. When's Jonah? When's Jonah Williams? I said Jonah Hill. Did you hear that? When's Jonah Williams making his way over? I when I went on with that other Bengals show, that's exactly what I said. It was like, let us know when uh, we can get Jonah Williams off your hands. <laughs> uh, um, which Jonah Hill or now I did it. Jonah <laughs> Williams. When we played him, he looked bad, but I guess he's he's played all right. So yeah, anything else on that trade? I mean, BJ Raymond Johnson, good for Raymond Johnson for showing out. You know, he was a guy we liked, but good yep. on him for showing out and making BJ Hill expendable. Yep. Because if Raymond Johnson doesn't play well, BJ Hill's not as expendable. He's expendable, but not like you're probably losing a little more. Now Raymond Johnson, I don't think is the player that BJ Hill is right now. He's got to do better job finishing plays. He's got to get better in the run game. He's got to get stronger. I mean, that BJ Hill was pretty strong, and he was also a good pass yeah. rusher. Raymond Johnson. I I still think even with B.J. Hill being traded and then there's one less guy in the interior D-line room, I think there's a chance that Raymond Johnson's like the R.J. McIntosh of the last two years where he's a healthy scratch as long as nobody else gets hurt. Yeah, they definitely wanted to keep him around. Um, and, you know, teams talk, you know, they the Jets, the Jets, the Browns. I mean, the Browns probably are looking for, like, you know, backup defensive line uh, talent. Like, their backup defensive line was really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, hell, our backup offensive line looked good against it, so that should say something. <laughs> um, like, very slow. So, like, they, you know, Raymond Johnson could have been a guy that they were like, hey, you know, let's try and snag this guy if they end up uh, moving on from him. So, O-line talk is back. But the NFL is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't-miss offer for week one. Bet just $1 on any any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard DraftKings is giving away all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all the great promotions and daily odds. Plus, you can make every game a big game with same-game parlays. Woo! Download the the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code JOHNBOY to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, one 800 9 with it bobby skinner tell me about matt scora 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 short he's he's a duke game member um so how about that so the Giants signed matt scora center to the practice squad interesting that he made it to the practice squad you know it's it's i think you we forget it's like man guys they just they kind of stick with teams stick with what they have like the giants were the most active team on, on the waiver wire um adding three players Quincy Rosado's one, which I'm very excited to talk about. Matt Scrooge to the practice squad, six foot three, three hundred thirteen pounds. He was a UDFA out of Duke. So the last four years, he started fifty one games for the Ravens. Like started fifty one games for the Ravens. Now supposedly he's had a lot of bad snaps. I watched a little broadcast angle of him. NFL Game Pass. It's the season's coming around. Could we get the all twenty two back? That would be really nice. So here's what I noticed from him. 
He's not going to move people off the ball like a Billy Price Ben Bredesen was. But he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. You know what I'm saying? And he's got like decent enough athleticism to get to the second level. And you know, he started 51 games for a really good Ravens team. Like the Ravens have been really good lately. And you know, been able to be the best rushing team in the NFL. I get a lot of that as Lamar Jackson and scheme. But still, like he was in that role. If he was signed to the active roster, Justin, I think we'd be talking a little bit more of Gates at guard. Because like, ooh. This guy, like, I th- at some point he's going to have to be on the active active roster because p- teams are going to be looking for him. Like, it's it is. I am very surprised that Miami moved on from this guy. Like, he maybe he's been bad this year, but like he hasn't had a bad, horrible career. You know, like he's been a decent enough starter. Do we know if there's the same protections on practice squad players this year as there was last year with the COVID yeah, year but, and whatnot? Yeah, we're, I'm pretty sure you can still do the protections on players. Yeah. So. um was this the player that had a bunch of protections that we were going through yesterday? No, that was um that was a, was that the tight end? Was that um uh Chris Mar- Mariaki or whatever his name is? Yeah, that was yep, that was the tight end. Yep. That's not how you say his name. Um he was signed to the practice squad too. But yeah, Scora, um so do you, so who's a better player? Uh Scora or Billy Price? Price. Uh actually cuz cuz I'm interested I'm why uh, why is it why it is it that we're talking for? Why is it that we're talking about Gates possibly going to guard, like I'm not no, hypothetical. Why is it you know maybe a preference that we were we prefer Gates to go to guard when scores at center, but not Price at center than Gates. It guard. depends Why on that? what you're looking at. If you're looking for a guy who makes less mistakes, if you're not including snapping the ball, it's Skura. <laughs> you know, from the little bit of I watch from him, um, but you know he's never going to be able to move guys in the run, like you know move guys in the run game the way Billy Price can. Yeah. Um, How bad of a problem is it him snapping the ball? <laughs> I don't know. Supposedly, I mean, supposedly it was really bad. Like, supposedly it was really bad. Like, multiple times in games. Um, Is he just scraping it on the floor, or is he five yards above the head? Honestly, I wish (laughs) if someone could get a compilation of all those bad snaps, I would love to see them. There you go. Um, So yeah, like he's not going to move people off the ball, but he doesn't make mistakes. You know, works angles well in the pass game. He does a decent enough job. You know, his numbers aren't bad as a pass blocker either. Yeah. Um, All right. So I'm the man full of questions today. We pretty much covered all the offensive line transactions. Now that we know where we are at the end of this week versus the end of last week, how do we feel about the offensive line depth and the offensive line group overall? Do we feel better or worse compared to last week? Better. I mean, guard was a panic spot because it's like, how what's going to happen if Shane Lemieux doesn't play? Or God forbid, Will Hernandez were to go down. Like, like we were absolutely screwed. Now I think we... Not in a great position, but we feel a lot better about our backups than we did a week ago. I mean, Kenny Wiggins was a very real opportunity to start in a game at this time last week. Okay? Yeah. And that, or Ted Larson. And that is that was disaster. That would have been horrible. That would have been just totally disgraceful for those guys to start in a game. And so now those guys shouldn't be starting in a game, and I feel better. I love how your talking point was to start the summer. The Giants' backups have more starts than the than the Giants' uh, starting offensive line does, and now you look at the Giants' backups, and it's like yeah, now it's a youth oh. movement. Yeah, now it's just yeah, just uh, these you know ra- these you know mid round or early round draft picks that maybe didn't work out with their first teams, and you know we're coming over here and we're taking a flyer. And partially, you know, I, I think you know the coaches have this mentality all the time, where you know maybe they look at a guy like Jonathan Harrison, even though he had a solid to good preseason, we don't know what, what really he looked like in practice, but look at a guy like Jonathan Harrison where a coaching staff like knows like, Hey, this guy has already hit a ceiling and he's not going to get any better than that. But you bring in these young guys with, you know, Billy Price is strong as hell. And, um, you know, Matt score, even though he can't snap the ball, you know, he shows promise and he doesn't make mistakes. You bring in these young guys and these coaches feel like I can coach this guy up to get to his ceiling. Cause he hasn't hit his ceiling yet versus the, these veterans that they brought in like Larson Wiggins and, you know, I know Zach Fulton retired, but you know those guys have already hit their ceilings in the past, and these coaches feel like they can always get more out of these guys. So, well, which is good. why we need to talk about Nick Gates at guard. Now, he did practice at guard, and I guess they plan to do it a little more. This isn't training camp anymore. Cross practicing at Gates at guard means you're thinking about it. Now, as of this moment, there is no plan for the New York Giants to move Nick Gates from center. As of this moment, there is there has been no plan discussed. To move Nick Gates to guard. Or at least not like, like okay, this is how we're going to execute this plan. But him practicing at guard means that they are th- have thought about it. 
and I have been very big on keeping Gates at center. Unless they bring in somebody that they believe has a future. Has a future. But where I was where I am totally against moving Gates to guard, it's like, okay, for this year, let's move him to guard. For you know, to get like I didn't believe in the oh, just get the best five guys out there. Like I was like, no, like if you want if you're gonna put someone at center, make sure you plan to have them at center going forward and you have Nick Gates at guard going forward. But don't just do it just to like, all right, let's um you know, let's throw Jonathan Harrison at center and move Nick Gates to guard. No, I would just rather put Jonathan Harrison at guard, keep Nick Gates at center. You know, like I didn't want to do that for a stopgap. If they truly believe I'm moving forward with Billy Price at center, then I'm okay with moving Gates to guard. But that's only if. And if they truly believe that, like, hey, this guy's going to be our starting center going forward. Like, that's that's the only way. Now, don't do it for a stopgap. I don't even care if Gates wants to move the guard. Don't use it as a don't do it as a stopgap. He's uh, he's shown a decent control of that position. Don't do it as a stopgap. But if you truly believe, like, okay, this is gonna how it's gonna be going forward, then go then then go for it. How about the rotation? Because they're gonna we I'm pretty sure they're gonna do the whole rotation thing at tackle again, with putting Nate Solder in at right tackle for Matt Paird, and God willing, they don't do that with Solder and Thomas, but <laughs> they, no, they may. Won't. I love um, people panicking. It's like about Andrew Thomas not like practicing today like oh my god he's been benched it's like he's missed a lot of practices this year yeah um but do 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 you know what i'm getting at basically like you know hey bredesen takes you know reps at guard over lemieux or gates moves to guard and they put billy price in and, you know so that would be kinda, weird moving gates to guard for one series and I don't, price in the center i don't i don't it would, so yeah all right so that's your answer it would be weird but i don't know judge has gotten very unconventional with how he did his offensive line rotations last year and because to me bobby it doesn't make sense they rotate have, them but don't be moving guys over positions in game yeah but then you're like taking you can, gates off the field i mean that's the thing then don't take Gates off the field. And take I agree with Sh- that. Then do have Bredesen at left guard. And I agree with have that. him and Shane Lemieux rotate. Yeah. But, like, you know who they never rotated last year? Kevin Zeitler. Or Nick Gates. So don't do that this year either. Right. You know. It's just weird that they're moving him, like, they're giving him snaps at guard. But then, again, what is the plan at, at center? I, I I almost wish Bredesen would start snapping the ball. I feel I almost feel better about that if he was able to snap the ball than Billy Price. Maybe... Maybe that is something they're looking at because, you know, like Price isn't in the practice till next week, you know, so yeah. it's not like they're trying to see how it works with them together. So maybe Bredeton is being looked at at center. We don't know. Yeah. Anything else on O-line? I mean, we've literally spent over 30 minutes talking about the offensive line. No. Um, new faces, new look, and you feel better about the depth. You know, certainly the starters are a different conversation, but you feel much better about the depth. So. Where do you stand? Because it's now it's it's been like we're revisiting the offseason about the O line, and this is why when everyone was like, "I want Devonte Smith, Jalen Waddle, blah blah," I was like, "Rayshon Slater or Elijah Vera Tucker." People, you can't take Elijah Vera Tucker, and I was like, "Screw you, screw you!" Do not preach to me that you can't take Elijah Vera Tucker at eleven. Now they traded down. Cool with it. Hopefully it works out. But my whole argument was. Don't complain. Like, drafting someone, Trey Smith would have been different because he's been healthy so far. So we can look, you know, we want it. In the sixth round, me and you were like, who do you want drafted? We were both Trey Smith, you know, live on air. Um, So that's that's a different scenario for a sixth-round pick. I don't know. Maybe tomorrow his health goes to crap. I don't know. But my issue was never, like, I I wanted them to address offensive line early in the draft. Yeah. I mean. As soon as they signed Kenny Galladay, I mean, I was, it's, I mean, the second they signed Kenny Galladay, my was like, okay, Rayshon Slater, or I was even okay with them. If they wanted to trade up, not some, you know, a, a Bears trade up, but it's like if they want to trade up and get Penny Sewell, you ain't gonna hear me complaining. Or, or even just they traded up to get Aaron Robinson, trade up and get Ben Cleveland. You know, if, yeah. if they felt that may have been a possibility, you know, Ben Cleveland went to the Ravens. Yeah, we, day one, just day taken... two is it would have been addressing the would have been helping the O line this year. I, day three, I don't, I, you know, I don't view it as that. Like I do believe in day three, I do truly believe in best player available. Yeah. Now I think there was some other best players available over Gary Brightwell, but that's a conversation for a different day. So are you asking me where do I stand on trading are you down like the pissed 20 off and... that they didn't do anything, or it's just kind of like they they have their guys and they trusted them. Yeah, they uh, they have their guys and they trust them. You know, uh, it's a matter of okay. Well, if you took Slater, where what position is Slater playing right now, Bobby? Right tackle, probably. 
he's a better tackle than he is. I think he's he's a better NFL left he's a better NFL tackle than he is guard. I think he would be great at guard, but you know, just watching what he did at Northwestern, it's like this dude's a tackle. He's not I don't really see Yeah, that's why I said right tackle. Yeah, no no, but I'm saying that well if he was for the if he played if he was drafted for the Giants, he would be I wouldn't he be playing guard? Not necessarily. I mean, when we were talking about him in the draft, my talking point was if Matt Parrott looks good, like if the problem is they believe in Matt Parrott more than we do. Yeah. And, that, yeah, and that's and that, reality. And that's, you know. that's where my, that's how I am putting my head down to sleep right now is that they believe in Shane Lemieux as a guy who can be a fifth round steal. They already got their guy in Gates and Hernandez is here and Parrott, they believe in Parrott as a third round pick. I know it was a compensatory pick. So basically he almost can be a fourth round pick, but they believe in that guy as a third round pick. And also, you know, another year where the old line could be a question mark, but I still do prefer getting the extra first round pick for next year. I do, and that guy uh, can be Neil. You know, the pass, the the tackle from Alabama, and then we can maybe even get an elite pass rusher, um, which there seems to be a few in next year's draft too. So obviously not including the quarterback conversation. So that's where I am uh, in terms of fe- feelings of next year and looking at next year's draft. Is I'm excited having that that extra first round pick. Yeah. I mean, like, we have two first-round picks. I did a mock draft the other day. It was Evan Neal and Kenyon Green, the guard out of Texas Ham, who's playing tackle this year. <laughs> Seriously. So, and, and I want you people to know where I stood in the draft, if you know, because we have a lot of new people. And here's my tweet on the night before the draft. Assuming three QBs and Pitts go in top 10, this is my 10-man big board for the Giants at 11. Number one, Penny Sewell. Number two, Jamar Chase. So a little hypocritical, but I love Jamar. Three, Rayshon Slater. Four, Elijah Vera Tucker. Waddle, five. Devontae Smith, Smith six. Parsons, seven. Pay eight. Jalen Phillips, nine. And JOK, ten. So, I mean, I wanted to address the O-line, but I just, I, I, I'm, Parrot, Parrot scares me. Parrot scares yeah. me. And I know Thomas had a bad preseason game, but it, even if, even if you didn't believe in Thomas, like, you have to start him at left tackle no matter what. Yeah. Okay, there was, there was, there's no other option. Um, if Andrew Thomas fits the bill as the as being the number four pick in last year's draft, and he fits what we're expecting him to be this year, then I think the rest of the line can hopefully fall into place. And you shouldn't panic. People shouldn't panic at Thomas's preseason game. By the way, you can feel less confident. I feel less confident than I did before. But you shouldn't be panicking at that preseason game. Yeah. All right, Justin. Um. Read the ad, and then we'll talk about Quincy Roche and the other waiver claims. Yeah. All right. So today's episode is also sponsored by Sports Management Worldwide. They are the global leaders in online sports business education. They teach people how to work on the business side of sports. All their classes are taught by industry professionals. Your mentors have been in the game you want to work in and done the jobs you want to do. If you want to be an agent, you want to be a scout, you want to work in the front office, you want to work with film, with digital video editing tools like XOS Thunder, used by all 32 teams, would be nice to have all 22 film, Bobby, like you said. Learn from people like former Tampa Bay GM Mark Dominic, football analyst gurus Aaron Schatz, and Mike Trainer, football outsiders. Love my football outsiders, guys. Excited to be checking that website every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, coming up in a couple weeks. Learn from player development from former NFL coach Steve Fairchild. They may not be able to teach Danny Dimes. Oh, man, I'm going to say this line. They keep on throwing the Danny Dimes not being able to finish the 80-yard run against the Eagles. We scored that drive. They not, they may not be able to teach Danny Dimes how to finish all of his 80-yard runs against the Eagles, but they could teach you to work in football. Apply free at smww.com and use the discount code GIANTS for $50 off the course of your choice. They offer courses in football, basketball, baseball, soccer, and more. If you have always dreamed of a job of working in sports, Sports Management Worldwide can help you from sports betting to esports, sports broadcasting. They have the what you know and who you know, which I'll tell you right now, who you know is kind of a lot more important than what you know, and they seem to have I the disagree. people. Oh, disagree. Let's debate. It's important, but I think it's the what you know that's more important than the who you know. Well, they have both elements, SMWW does, to get you into the game that you love. Again, that's SMWW.com. Use the discount code GIANTS for $50 off the course of your choice. Thank you to Sports Management Worldwide. All right, the Giants um, claimed Quincy Roche from the Steelers, Colin Johnson from the Jags, and Justin Hilliard from the 49ers. And we're going to start with Quincy Roche because we've been talking about Quincy Roche for over a year. Like in our our way too early 2021 draft we preview did. that we did last um, June or July or whatever it was. Yeah. Quincy Roche was on there, you know, and at that time he was uh, transferring from Tre- Temple to Miami. Uh, 
Um, you know, so we liked him from that. I liked his Miami stuff. He had a really good senior bowl when I was down in Alabama. He really impressed, and I was, you know, keeping an eye on him when I was going down there anyways. I had him as the Giants' third-round pick in my mock draft uh, post-senior bowl pre-free agency, six foot two, two forty-five. He fell to the sixth round. So there's something that the NFL thinks about him differently than, you know, draft people. Um, they wave him. And he was one of two people I wanted the Giants to claim. And they ended up claiming him out of Miami. Justin, I really like this because this guy, he, he will impact the Giants this year. I mean, he's got good pass rush ability with, and you know, I look for it. Hands. How do you use your hands in the pass rush? Like you could be fast all you want, but do you use your hands? Quincy Roche does. He has different ability to use pass, his pass rush ability. Decent get off. Decent strength, you know, to be able to do a do-it-all type guy versus the run. He's not like like a stone wall setting the edge, but he knows how to set the edge and make plays while doing that. Um, and he didn't do it a ton of money, but I think he has coverage ability. Like when he when he did do it, he looked good doing it. He looked fluid doing it. Um, Didn't he have a really nice interception, like diving interception on the sideline? Versus Trevor Lawrence. It got called back because it was offsides, even though if you look at it, it wasn't offsides. But he did drop it. Like it looked oh. like an interception, and I remember being excited in the moment. Um, but he did drop it. And I mean, that's a really, really athletic play. It was almost—I don't even want to call it in the flat. It was like in the intermediate. It was part in the, of the flats, kind of. It was in the flats. Okay, but intermediate part of the field, close to the sideline. Dude drops back in coverage, keeps up with you know whatever targets running out there, makes a diving play on the football, and almost comes down with an interception. So that was really, really impressive when we know how much that. You know, Graham legs versatility and, you know, not just versatility of a guy that can rush the passer and play the run, but also a guy that can kind of drop back into coverage, which Roche certainly does that. He's a perfect fit for this Giants defense. And I remember, you know, I tweeted out a video in the beginning of draft month. And it was like, because Edge was the first position we talked about. I was like, Quincy Roche, he'd be a great fit for what Patrick Graham and this New York Giants defense is about. And so Carter and Ojala are going to be the top two edge guys, right? Simple. Yes. Third right now would be O'Shane Zimenez. But yep. O'Shane Zimenez isn't a great set in the, you know, setting the edge in the run. No. He doesn't really, like, they've dropped him back in the coverage, but he didn't have any experience really doing that at Old Dominion. He didn't no, he, do it at all his rookie season. And he didn't really do it a lot last year either, so. If Roche can be close, even just close to what O'Shane is as a pass rusher, um, Roche should start or should play over O'Shane. Like, I think Roche is going to get minutes this Like, he's got minutes. What am I talking about? Basketball? He's, go. going, Basketball. he's going to get rips reps this year. Yeah, so we prefer him as a player and a prospect, player slash prospect, than Ellerson Smith, and that was before the draft. Right? Yeah, Ellerson yes. Smith is a higher ceiling player, but like if you told me like tomorrow who's going to play, uh, Roche every day of the week. Yeah, and Ellerson Smith has not been put on an IR. He has been put on an IR. Yes, uh, no, Ellerson wasn't put on an IR. Aaron Robinson and John Ross did. Got it. Okay, so Ellerson's <laughs> somehow here, even though he hasn't like. So he he may be a healthy scratch to start off the year. I don't know. I'm just just speculating because he just hasn't even put on pads once this this training camp. So it's kind of odd that he wasn't on IR. Maybe he's getting healthy and he's getting back. Um, and then obviously Trent Harris was a guy that made the team initially, and now he's on the practice squad. He was released, made to the practice squad, and I think we even prefer Quincy Roche over Trent Harris too. Yes, yes. yeah, right. definitely. So cool. I mean, and now uh, a lot of people are probably listening to this saying, well. You know, you're you're so high on this guy, but why did he drop to the sixth round, and why did the Steelers cut him? So at least you know we can't answer the element of why he got dropped to the sixth round. But you know, in your informed opinion, Bobby, why did the Steelers cut him? Well, I was reading some Steelers stuff. Essentially, they have T.J. Watt, um, Hightower, not Hightower. Um, you're thinking Melvin Ingram, who had a good preseason. Um. Who's their other edge guy? I think it's oh, Hightower. Oh, High Smith. High Alex Smith. High Smith. Alex High Smith. Sorry. Who they drafted him. last year out of Charlotte. Um, a guy that you liked a lot. Yeah. Um, and then supposedly the fourth guy they kept, who was also a rookie, was like like is supposed to be like lead them in special teams or whatnot. And I guess they were trying to slip him on. So But he had a good preseason, you know. Like, you know, I posted a clip of him getting a sack versus the Cowboys. He had another half sack, some tackles for losses. Um so and Steelers fans are are kind of mad that he's like the Giants ended up picking him up. So I I can't speak for why they moved on from him, but I'm I'm the Giants in a weak outside linebacker room. He's going. I I really truly think he's going to play. Yeah, I agree. And kind of a theme of this episode, you know, when you when you look at these waiver wire moves, well, it's like how long is this guy going to be here? He's here for four years. He was yeah, drafted rookie That's, contract. Was, I mean, this was, is like an extra. Was, this is like another draft pick. 
yeah, he was a waiver claim. And um, hey, replace Gary Brightwell and Quincy Roche in the sixth round. How do you like that? Let's that's a oh, pretty yeah, complete we're draft. We're thrilled. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if we got Quincy Roche in the sixth round, we we, we would have been I would have been fist pumping like bam 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 bam. Like I would have been going nuts if that yeah. if we got him in the sixth round. We basically did. How do you like so, that? So how about that? How about that? Um, yeah. So Quincy Roche, go watch the film breakdown. How about that? Other two ones. We'll we'll go quickly through them. Colin Johnson, wide receiver, was with the Jags, a twenty twenty fifth round pick out of Texas, six foot six, two hundred twenty two yeah. pounds. Oof. Justin, he had eighteen catches, two hundred seventy two yards, and two touchdowns in his rookie year, playing only twenty three percent of the snaps with a bad offense in the Jags. He actually caught a nice touchdown from Mike Glennon, by the way. Yeah, caught a few Most passes of, from Mike Glennon. Yeah. So what I watched from him is he is like a big play threat, but he's also he's not a intermediate short or or like a like this like he had like no like five yard catches he just didn't um so but hey he's a big play threat and let's talk about it um you know he's, he's like a all he's an all or nothing receiver 15 yards per catch so right now the wide receivers galladay shepherd slayton tony he's probably the fifth guy to put on the roster because ross has put on ir boards yep. a special teamer Colin Johnson right now is probably the fifth wide receiver on the like on the depth chart right now. Eh, I think Board would still get those boring reps over Johnson. And if the, if if they view Johnson as like this situational player, which I wish they did this with Austin Mack last year, but they never really did it. I'm like, hey, just go up and get the ball. I mean, Johnson may be more suited than that than Austin Mack, and I may yeah, be I giving, wouldn't have been comfortable with Mack doing that. Yeah, so I I may be giving Austin Mack a little bit more credit than he deserves. But, uh, you know, go check out the two catches that impressed me the most. Go check out the two catches that was against the Minnesota Vikings last year. So, you know, those, those were catches. insane. Yeah, those were those were really good catches. So, so. cool. Take a, take a chance with some talent. I mean, he was a fifth rounder 2020. If we draft him in the fifth round 2020, we'd be excited about him. And odds are when John Ross comes back, he may be on the chopping block anyway. Don't say that. Justin Hilliard, sixth round pick out of the 49ers, led them in tackles in the, in the preseason. So I watched his film at Ohio State. He played that role that I hate in college football, and it's like that split linebacker who plays between the slot and the line of scrimmage. Well, like a, everybody, I feel like Ohio State had like older linebackers did that. So who was like the middle linebacker? <laughs> Pete Werner. Hilliard did it a ton. You know, Browning did it a little bit. Like, but so I watched his games versus Alabama and Clemson, and he just didn't do anything for me. Like, I guess maybe he's a special teams guy, but I don't see him playing over anybody on the inside or the outside linebacker, which I don't even know what he would be at this point. So. So he's on the team. He's here. Yeah, he's here. So uh, he's here. Um, Yeah, I, I don't have much on him. All right, so that's the waiver claims. Let's clean up some roster stuff. Josh Jackson, the cornerback who they traded the guys. I mean, I had a, over a half page of notes mm-hmm. on on Josh Jackson being cut because I was told, like, this guy's getting cut. Like, don't he? Like, like, I was told, I was made to feel dumb for being like, why would they cut Josh Jackson? And I ranted to you about it. I ranted to uh, the grump, football grump about it. I was like, this makes no sense. Why would they do that? So, again, I'm not trusting the beat on any more speculative stuff anymore during camp. Next year, it's like, oh, this guy will get cut. I'm not not believing you anymore. Sorry. I'm happy he's here. Me I'm, too. I, I'm still paranoid because, I mean, you, you so, some of the guys on the beat that were saying this are usually not wrong. And they're usually pretty well informed. And... You know, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna name any names. We don't want to do that. But, but it was I'm all still of paranoid. Them, Justin, it wasn't like it was one person. I asked every single one who I'm comfortable just reaching out and asking a question, and they all said, "Yeah, he's gonna get cut." Every single one of them. I'm still paranoid, and that's that's exactly why I'm still paranoid. That, uh, uh, can you imagine? So here, here's another note that we have to get to. Can you imagine if he's cut for Nate Ebner? Colin Gillespie will be cut for <laughs> Nate Ebner. God willing. <laughs> Oh, from that your dude, from that your dude lips. Brett Favre does. Nate Ebner? He skipped all the camp. He Michael Strahan does. Which I actually want to talk about Michael Strahan getting his jersey retired um, yeah, versus right. the Eagles. You're going to be at that game. So let's 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 cover some quick. Um, Effetti was cut. We both agreed with that. Even if they never got Quincy over Trent Harris, Effetti just had a bad preseason. He didn't look yeah. good at the outside linebacker role. He has no coverage ability. He's not that good against the run, and he wasn't do he wasn't doing anything. Like yeah. I was all for I was I honestly I would have been a little more more disappointed if they didn't cut a fatty. To be honest, don't listen to my Effetti over O'Shane takes from the PPP or from the summer. Don't listen. Oh, that's to what two I- PPP guys that got cut: Corey Clement and Effetti. 
I never said any of those things about a Fetty. So don't listen to me. I'm buying that Marcus Golden jersey. Still the best uh still the best forty four since Ahmad Bradshaw. Damn. I mean there's not much competition. Andre Williams. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of who else. No, not, I think that might be it. Yeah. Bradshaw wore that forty four beautifully. Yeah, he did. I have his. I have a red Bradshaw jersey somewhere. I don't even know if he ever played a game in red, but I have it. Yeah, I don't think he did. Nope. I think they stopped at an 06 and he was drafted in 07. No, yeah. I no that no. I did they play a red game in 07 with Dallas? I don't think they did. I don't think they did. We lost both games at Dallas that year. I don't think. No, I don't think so. We always lose in red. Fun fact: We've won more games in the red jerseys than the current color rush. Um, what else? What other notes? Nate Ebner is eventually coming back. Like that yes, is a, it's. I mean, it is what it is at this point. That is a fact. Um, Corey Clement getting cut. Yeah, I mean, not the biggest, Gary Brightwell yeah. is not a better running back in any way than than Gary Brightwell. And please spare me the three catches he had for ten yards in the preseason in the flats. Like, what did he do? Like, he didn't do anything. Like, again, like, and I don't say this sarcastically. Any running back in the entire NFL would have made those plays. Like I'm not trying to be like sarcastic or like hyper hyperbolic, and, unless they would have dropped them. Yeah, Corey Clement is just a little bit more of an exciting player, and that's what I really think it comes down to. Uh, my fan brain thinks that it's more likely for Gary Brightwell to make the practice squad than Corey Clement. Even though I think Corey Clement got cut, did he? He got claimed by the Cowboys. Never mind. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think he's on the Cowboys practice squad. So yeah. So I think it's more likely that Gary Brightwell would have cleared waivers and the Giants would have been able to scoop him back than Corey Clement, which I don't know if that was ever their plan, but hey, you know, what do, what do I know? Um, so I would have preferred Clement, but that's just another note. Any other notes? Um, I was actually kind of happy with how everything kind of played out. There yeah, was no, I mean, I don't have any big gripes of the 53-man roster. There was no pound the table. You know, maybe if they just flat out cut B.J. Hill for nothing. It's like a former third-round pick of... Dave Gettleman's first year, and, you know, I know they, they freed up two mil, but you didn't get anything from them, so maybe that would have been a little bit of a – I don't know, I wouldn't have been pounding Yeah, there was the nothing table. to be mad about, you know. Yeah. It's don't, like, at the time, it was like, they're keeping Ted Larson and cutting Jonathan Harrison? That would have been worthy, and then it's like, well, that's not true. They're cutting Ted Larson, right. and then they're trading for these two O-linemen, so. David Sills made it to the practice squad. Yeah, and as much as we love Sills and had fun with Sills, like – I just can't be mad that he didn't make the roster. I'm sorry. Like, I yeah. just can't be. I want him to make the roster, but I can't be mad that he didn't make the roster. I'm like, his preseason was good, but it wasn't like like he wasn't like some balling out dominant preseason. No, I mean I, I feel like everybody was acting like he was Victor Cruz, and I'm like, we need to relax. Like uh, yeah. I like him. I I, I do I do like him. I, I'm I want not him to make him. the roster, but I knew he wasn't. I, I was I knew he wasn't going to. Just like I knew Fetty Odenabo was going to have a better impact than O'Shane Zimenez. I I entered the source game. Yeah. I entered the source game. Matt Cole, I, I broke the news that he was um, being waived. Good for you. It, it got no traction. I mean, there was like, I mean, there was just too much going on during the day for me to get traction on that. I'm really, it's really unfortunate that somebody else, I think, half, you said half an hour before you. No, half a minute. Not oh, half, half an a hour. minute. I wouldn't have, if half an oh. hour, hour wouldn't have been even worth it. Oh. It's a shame because I what the the goal one day is I want to see Matt Lombardo and Pat Leonard credit you on something, which was so annoying. Pat Leonard was getting everything this week, and I was having to credit him from the Talking Giants account over and over and over again. It's like that's can somebody else please break something? I'm tired of typing at Pat Leonard, you know whatever you know his handle is, and I had to I had to follow him. Like, and I had the fall. In fact, let me go unfollow him now that cut day is over. Wow. Stone cold. Speaking of stone cold. Um, the only time I, co- I follow Pat Leonard is UDFA season and cut down season. There are two things that Patrick Graham and Jason Garrett said today that kind of made me happy, which is a shock to I'm hear I'm surprised them. you're happy with Jason, what Jason Garrett said because he almost, like, praised the long drives that, you know, two of the three that didn't even score on. I'm One was a missed you, field goal, granted. I'm going to tell you my reasoning. First of all, Patrick Graham said that he's miserable every day, which that made, me, that, made, <laughs> that made me laugh. No, the most brilliant people are miserable. That's what Snacks, that's Snacks' mentality. I'm pretty sure he has Maybe that. he's an idiot. Well, well, 
Patrick Graham's not an idiot. Um, no, maybe maybe we're all idiots, and Snacks and Patrick Graham are the, snor are the smartest people out there because they're miserable all the time, and that's why they're so great at what they do. So that's one. Patrick Graham said I'm miserable all the time, and I think that was it was within the context of something. I don't think he just randomly said that. However, it would have been funny. Um, and then second of all, um, Jason Garrett mentioned explosive plays and scoring in the same thought, not in the same sentence, but in the same thought. And that made me excited and I'm blissfully ignorant of the context. So I'll put, I'm going to pull up the quote. I'll pull up the quote. I have it right here. Never mind. I don't have the quote. Oh, yes, I do. I think we had two 11 play drives in the game, preseason game, a nine play drive. Those are positive things. But you and I both know we need to make some explosive plays. That's what leads to scoring. I don't really understand why. Like, are you going to play the quote? Yeah, I was trying to play it, but I'm on my microphone. We also need to be efficient. We need to be able to mix it up, throw the ball quickly, get it out, make positive plays. I think we had two 11-play drives in the game, a nine-play drive. Uh, those are positive things. Uh, but you and I both know we need to make some explosive plays. That's what leads to scoring. So we have to find what that balance is. One of the 11-play drives was 35 yards in a punt, though. That's not a positive thing. <laughs> oh, yikes. Like he said, that's um, a positive thing. It's not a positive thing. I didn't have a – now, granted, maybe it's because I'm expecting so little from Jason here. I didn't have a problem with what he said. I was happy to hear that he acknowledged it. Where a lot of – you know, Dan Schneier and then you then you were just like, oh, but well, it was – but then this, blah, 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 blah. I, I didn't have a – I think it, he said we need to find a balance, and I agree. Where there is a value to holding on to the ball and uh, there is – you know, holding on to the ball, having, winning the time of possession, there is a value to that. But you do need to score points, and the way that you score points is by mixing ex explosive plays. I don't have a problem with that. I was happy. Yeah, I mean, it, it, but you need context. Just like Kenny Galladay, people are like, oh, Kenny Galladay said the offense is going to start slow. It's like, no, he didn't. Go listen to the video. He didn't say that they were going to start slow. He just They just asked him if, like, has it been, um, like, they're like, has, like, what's it been like, you know, missing this time to get ready with Daniel Jones? He's like, yeah, it's been, he said, it's been, he said, it's been a bumpy start, but now we're out here. Like, that's what he said. People's. He didn't predict that the offense was going to start slow during the season. That got turned into something that it wasn't. Michael Strahan, number 22 gang, retired versus the Eagles. I will be there, and I cannot yes. wait to wave that Strahan towel. That's all I have to say about that. Boom. And I'm going to Excited. my first ever Giants jersey was Michael Strahan. He was my first favorite player, so I will be wearing that jersey to that game. How old were you when you acquired the jersey? It's probably like fifth or sixth grade. And that still fits you. It will in a few weeks. I mean, remember, I was like six foot four as a sixth grader, you know? <laughs> That's bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Um, like sixth grade, I grew from like um, like 5'11 to like 6'4, which is nuts, but it's true. Bizarre. Um, all right. So that's an episode. I do, whenever we finish off like a time period, I like to say thank you. Thank you guys for supporting, growing. There's new people that are involved, listening. I mean, player profiles and projections. We had an episode every single weekday for the last six weeks. Six weeks there has been a Talking Giants episode in people's podcast feeds. And I know you guys are going to have to get used to not having that. But but thank you for supporting us this training camp. It's been very fun. Um, appreciate you guys who have been along the way. Leave a five-star rating review. I know leave asking listeners to do that at the end of the episode is the worst, thing you can, worst time you can do it. But please do it. Um, excited for the season. So here's here. I'll give you some schedule notes for going forward. Tuesday we're gonna have a mailbag episode. Friday will be our Broncos preview. Now we play Thursday night. Um. Uh, we pl we play Thursday night the se in the second week. So what we'll have is we'll have our game recap on Monday. We will do our our Washington preview on Wednesday. So no mailbag, and then Friday will be the Washington recap. Then the following week will be a mailbag on Tuesday and then the Falcons preview on Friday. But after that, it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every single week of the season. Monday is game recaps. Wednesday is game cleanup plus mailbag. And Friday are preview. So um, tell your friends. We appreciate you, Justin. Any last words? Root for the guys in blue. I, I'm really starting to hate that phrase now. Um <laughs> We appreciate you guys. We root for the guys in blue. And until then, wait, I just totally skipped to until then. That didn't make sense. We'll see you guys next week. Enjoy your final week weekend off because the next the next five months you will be busy every single Sunday. We appreciate you guys. Enjoy your weekend. Until then, 
Let's go big blue.